Hello, everyone. Today is August 16th, 2016. I'm your podcast host, client manager John Niggle of InTouch Manufacturing Services. InTouch is an American owned company headquartered in Shenzhen, China, that specializes in everything from quality control product inspections to factory audits, social compliance, and sourcing. The topic of today's episode is China's move up the industrial value chain. And joining me to talk about that today is fellow client manager Vicky Yu. So, welcome, Vicky. How are you? Thanks, John. Nice to talk with everyone again. Okay, so Vicky's been in touch for more than two years now, and she's worked with a lot of different suppliers. She comes from Jiangxi province, and being Chinese, she also knows quite a bit about China's ascend up the value chain. So, to sort of give people, I guess, listeners, a brief introduction to frame China and where it is now, China makes about 80% of the world's air conditioners. 70.6% of its mobile phones and as much as 63% of its shoes. So it's definitely holding its own in terms of being a manufacturing hub around the world. But recent changes that I think a lot of people are aware of, including rising wages and foreign competition, have made it difficult for China to sustain its current growth. The Chinese government has set an annual growth goal of 7% between now and 2018. So let's talk about how China is moving its way up the industrial value chain, trying to maintain its current growth. And the first part of that that you talk about, Vicky, is industrial clusters. So you want to tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, no problem. In China, a lot of cities they have been putting a lot of effort to make themselves known for a specific product, which we know as industrial cluster. For example, Foshan, a city in Guangdong. People know it as a furniture city because a lot of furniture manufacturing are happening there. And a city in Fujian called Putian, people know it as a shoe city because manufacturing shoes a lot. And in Zhejiang, Zhuji, people know it as a sock city because it has a lot of socks manufacturers. So this kind of reputation will bring them a lot of business, and it can also help them to have specialized labors. And also, it's easier for them to communicate with each other and to have a complete supply chain from the raw material to a more in-depth manufacturing process. And also, this kind of large scale can help them lower the cost. So it's really a lot of benefits and help them to keep competitive. Okay, so with these industrial clusters, you have factories that are located really close together that make the same or similar products. And that strategy has worked for China pretty well because they have, as you said, specialized labor. Their workers work in similar areas,、uh, similar products and processes for production. It's obviously easier to communicate with suppliers that are close by, not only for logistics purposes, but also you have people with similar culture living together as well, similar language. So that's good. And you mentioned economies of scale and working more efficiently. So that's been able to save manufacturers on costs as well. The second part that you mentioned here, which is part of China's move up the value chain, is investment. Do you want to touch on that briefly? Yeah, sure. Recently, China has been putting a lot of efforts to attract foreign direct investment by giving tax benefits or things like that. So, foreign direct investment has been growing in last year and this year too. And also, local governments, like at provincial level or city level. They have also put a lot of efforts to first make sure their city is known for something, and also just investing to build up the infrastructure and to have better facilities. Okay, great. So there's foreign investment, domestic investment, boosting the development of manufacturing a little further. You also touched on China's shift to a consumer-based economy. 
What does that mean for manufacturing and how does that help to bolster it? Because the service industry in China has been growing dramatically these years, in China used to be mass production a certain type of products and they're looking for the market. And now it's more like I know what the customer wants and I try to produce what they want. So this is more efficient and this helped them to get more clients because people want something different. Right. Yeah, I think, as you mentioned, part of the motivation has come from a growing service sector. And I think now that Chinese start to have more money to spend on luxury items and just more discretionary income in general, they're a little bit more picky about what they buy in terms of brands and quality. And I think there's a greater focus on quality. I think probably like 15, 20 years ago, from my personal experience, what I've noticed is I think I wasn't here 15 years ago. But I feel like foreign brands were a little bit more popular then and there weren't a whole lot of Chinese brands that were filling that role as like a domestic brand that people look to for quality. But now you have sports companies, something degrees, like 365 or something. They sponsor foreign athletes in the NBA and stuff. And um, they've got other brands as well for like consumer electronics and Xiaomi, Huawei, these, these types of brands. So they're clearly innovating and they're working to fill the domestic demand, I think, with consumers. Another point that you mentioned is a government initiative called Made in China 2025. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? So people know Made in China as cheap, low-cost products and you may use it for one or twice and it's going to be broken. And China really tries to fix that image and improve the quality of the products. So that's why a lot of the manufacturers have put efforts to upgrade their machineries and put a lot of efforts in their quality control to make sure their products is better and the customers have a better experience using them. For example, Foxconn has implemented a lot of robots to replace their manual labor to make sure all the products have a certain standard of quality. And this also helps them to cut the cost. In addition, all of local governments, they have put efforts to encourage innovation, like setting up innovation centers. And for example, in Shenzhen, there are a lot of startups, the governments were encouraging them to do their own inventions. Yeah, you mentioned a little bit about automation, and that's, I think, a big part of the plan too, is automating a lot of these processes, because like I mentioned in the beginning, and what we talk about often is that wages are rising in China, manufacturing wages are rising. In some places, I know in Guangdong province here, in Shenzhen as well, wages have increased sometimes more than 10% a year, which is quite fast. So sort of in an effort to limit those costs, they work more with robots. They try and automate processes so that they don't have to depend so much on manual labor. When you mention Shenzhen, it's a pretty good segue into the next topic, which is Shenzhen and leading the way. You mentioned innovation a little bit here a moment ago. And there's a lot of major high-tech companies that are headquartered in Shenzhen, is that right? Yes, yeah, true. Shenzhen has been ranked as the number one competitive city in China, which has been in Hong Kong. And Shenzhen is now being known as the Silicon Valley in China. And a lot of high-tech companies such as Huawei, Dajiang, Tencent, their headquarters are all here. And they have boosting the innovation in Shenzhen a lot. Yeah, I've seen a lot of it myself. I think we've talked a little bit or, or you've written an article in the past about Huachanbei and that being a major electronics market there. You can buy pretty much any cell phone, computer or tablet part on the market there. And having lived in Shenzhen now for almost three years, I can say that there's definitely innovation happening here. And Foxconn is also located here as well. So robotics, innovation in general, automation are all a big part of Shenzhen's development. 
So now that we've talked about how China is moving up the industrial value chain, how is this going to affect manufacturers who import from China? How will value-added manufacturing affect those importers? First, we can definitely see a lot more opportunities for importers to buy high-tech products from China, such as tablets, phones, electronics products. Also, because we can see the labor cost is increasing a lot in China, so the labor-intensive industry is actually moving out to other countries such as Bangladesh, Vietnam, and Cambodia. So importers may find it harder to get a good supply in China for those kind of products. Okay, so the higher tech products, things you mentioned like consumer electronics, I would add to the list, I guess, like drones, certain types of batteries, car batteries, for example, for electric vehicles. Those types of things will be more readily available in China and at a competitive price. But things like garments, textiles, shoes, footwear, these types of labor-intensive products will be likely outsourced to countries with lower labor costs. So I guess the conclusion here really is that it's going to be a challenge for China to continue to grow its manufacturing sector the way it has in the past 10 to 15 years. There's a lot of competitors out there like South Korea, Taiwan, Japan, Germany, the United States, who are all trying to innovate at the same or similar level. So it's up to policymakers to put the incentives in place to encourage foreign direct investment, encourage and continue to encourage innovation in places like Shenzhen and elsewhere. I don't think it'll be easy. Do you have anything to add to that? I think that's a great point. China has been facing like a lot of challenges to its traditional industry, like you mentioned, garments, footwears, and it's not really easy to keep in competitive in manufacturing and keeping the same level of economic growth. But the government and the policymakers, they have seen these issues and they have been trying to change the strategy and make sure China is still keep growing the value chain. We definitely see things change, and as InTouch is doing quality control, we can see more and more clients are coming here for electronic products and high-tech products, QC service. So that's definitely a good thing for us because it's bringing more innovation and it's bringing more profits to the country in general. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Being at InTouch, I see a lot more value-added manufacturing that we work with in terms of the factories and the clients that we service. With that, I would like to thank Vicky Yu for joining me to talk about China's move up the industrial value chain. So thank you, Vicky. You're welcome and looking forward to the next time. And I'd like to thank our listeners out there for tuning in to today's broadcast and remind you guys to check us out on our social media channels, namely Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn for some daily tips and advice there as well as industry news. You can also check out our YouTube channel for some interviews with industry experts and some on-site inspection videos. And be sure as well to check out our SlideShare channel for some presentations there that are industry-specific. And finally, if you'd like to get in contact with us directly, you can drop us a line at our company website that is www.intouchquality.com. Thank you.